I'm Terry Taylor, and this is the Interior Design Business Academy podcast. As an interior designer, you may be thinking, I love what I do, but I am so overworked and underpaid. Let me tell you, I've been there too. I spent many years learning from my own mistakes and developing proven strategies and systems to make interior design a profitable career while keeping it fun and creative. So now I'm here to help you get paid what you're worth. If you're ready for some straight talk about how design business really works and you're ready to break through old belief systems that are holding you back and shift into beliefs that support your goals and bring lasting success, you are in the right place. Hi, it's Terry again, and I want to talk to you about moving up market. This time in part two, we're going to talk about some technical, more physical kinds of things that you can do to move yourself, get yourself shift going and get this paradigm move going so that you can get into better clients, better jobs, higher budgets, all of those things. The first thing I want to point out is that you need to be intentional. Now, by intentional, I mean being focused on what you want, who you want as a client, essentially, who are they? What's the problem you solve? What, you know, what, what do you do for them? You need to know that wealthy people are used to throwing money at problems to get them solved. All you need to do is stand in the way of it and you're in, right? But you need to get clear on who it is, what the problem is you solve and what your solution is. Because, you know, if you're focused on, oh, you know, I, I help people create spaces and rooms that reflect who they truly are. Well, that is probably true, but that's not the problem. Okay. Nobody ever came to you with that problem, or if they did, it would be very, very minor. There's something else going on there, some other problem that they can't solve that they need fixed and that you need to fixate on it. Okay. Now, the fact that you can design that way and design to who they are is fabulous. And yes, you should do that, but that's not the problem. Okay. You need to get the focus on the problem solution in order to have a, a viable business and do this move up market. So that's what I'm talking about being intentional. Um, partially is knowing who it is that you're after and what the problem you solved is and, you know, the direction you're going. Because I hope I get better clients is not a plan. I hope is never a plan. It's just kind of mushy, right? So we want to get a little more focused, a little more aware of what's really going on. Now, I run into designers very often who tell me they're working 60, 70 hours a week and making 43000 a, a year, uh, you know, uh, 50000 maybe, something like that. Quite frankly, you'd be better off working for Pottery Barn. You'd at least have insurance, right? So the idea here or the concept here that you need to understand is that working more is not going to get you better clients, Okay. And giving more of yourself is not going to get you the clients and working harder is not going to make it better. Now, I know that stuff that we often grew up with that you have to work really hard to be successful, or if you work really hard, you will be successful. Neither of those things are particularly true. They just happen to be part of our, our American lore, I think. Um, so you want to be really aware of what you're doing and what's going on. The the first thing that you could be doing is looking at all those little small jobs you're doing, the little dink jobs, and figure out which ones are actually profitable and which ones you're going backwards in. Now, you need to realize that your money is your time. Your time is your money. 
Okay. It's not in the product. It's in what you do. And there needs to be a Grand Canyon separation between your design and purchasing. Okay. And selling something to cover up your purchasing time or help balance that out is not acceptable. Okay. That's what a furniture salesman does or a, you know, purchasing agent or something like that. That's not who you are. Okay. You're a designer. You deserve to be paid for what you do, period. Okay. And if you decide to purchase for somebody and provide white glove service for doing that, great. It's extra profit, but it is not the goal of the design. Okay. Now, if you start there, you're going to be way better off. Okay. Then we're going to look at all those little dink jobs that, that we pick up because frankly, when we start out, that's how we, we get the job with the business started. I mean, we pick up everything that falls at our feet and try to turn it into a job. Some of it works. Some of it doesn't. You're lucky. You're unlucky. You know, whatever, you know, luck of the draw kind of thing. But as you're maturing in your business, you need to start looking at which ones actually make a profit and which ones make you work for $15 an hour because it happens. And you have to be brutally honest with yourself, okay? No more of this talking around it and pretending like it's not true or I don't know my numbers or that kind of thing. You've got to get into this. This is part of moving up market is figuring out where you're giving yourself away so that you can stop doing that. Okay, because once you figure out what kind of job it is that you lose money on, and t let me tell you, there you, there's a lot of them, a whole lot of them, and they tend to be smallish. Okay, um, I've discovered that pretty much doing anything for less than twenty five hundred dollars in time is probably you're going to lose on. Okay, just in looking at what's going on, just to say that. So take a look at that and figure out where the dividing line is, where you start going in the hole with them, that's what you have to start saying no to, right? That's the, the that's the, the crux of it. It's like in order to have room for these bigger jobs to come in, you have to clear space. And if you're totally busy doing nothing but little stuff that keeps you busy and scrambling and pleasing people and doing stuff on the side to try to make them happier, A, they don't get happier, and B, you wear yourself out, and C, you don't make any money. It's not, it's not fun. It's really not fun. Um, you, you, you've got to, you've got to get really, and I guess brutally honest is the way I want to say that about how much time you're actually spending on these jobs and how little of it you're actually billing. Because what's happening in there is there's a relationship between the cost of the product that gets sold in the end and the time you spend figuring out what it is. Okay. And it's about 15%. Okay, that's a good benchmark to use. About 15% of the product cost is what you could spend designing it, okay? Which takes you out of the Wayfair business pretty quickly, right? You just can't, can't do that stuff. It just, it doesn't, doesn't make sense. That's not your client, right? And it's not where you're useful at all. So you want to start paying attention to exactly how you're doing these jobs, put some limitations on them, and be able to say no to the jobs that don't don't pay. Okay. Now, the next thing you're going to say, Oh, but what if I don't have any jobs? What if, what if I, you know, what if I'm waiting here for the big ones to come in and nothing happens and I got to pay the bills? Okay. I, you know, granted, it's true. 
the the energetic part is you need to hold the space. You need to have some space so it could come in. The the relative part where we're talking about paying the bills is that if you have analyzed these jobs and figure out which ones actually pay versus which ones that don't pay, say no to the don't pays and do the paid ones. You won't be nearly as busy as before and you'll have some space for this. Now, I often ask designers who tell me that they're busy, busy doing, you know, 60, 70 hours a week and not making any money. My question is, what are you doing for marketing? And they go, I don't have time for marketing. Are you kidding? I don't have time for that. Well, if you don't have time for that, what are you doing? Okay. What are you doing? I mean, you're selling yourself out for $10, $15 an hour, where if you set these up as jobs that were profitable, you would have time to do the marketing. And if you do the marketing, you start getting the clients and everything starts flowing. So you've got to, to get yourself off the hamster wheel. Remember the exercise wheel in the hamster cage? That's what it feels like. You just go and go and go and go and go, but you don't actually go anywhere. You're just going, going, going. Um, jump off, fall off dive off, <laughs> get out of there, okay, and be aware of what you're saying yes to, and does it pay off or not? And if it doesn't pay off, then it's a no, okay? Even even if you're not so busy, because your time is so much more valuable marketing than it is you know, doing jobs that don't pay, Okay. Marketing is really one of the high level, high pay jobs that you keep as an owner of this business. Even if you had a bunch of employees, you would be very focused on that. Okay. One, one of the things that, that, that I often tell my students here at IDBA is that, you know what? You're not a designer. You're a marketer selling design services. Now that sounds really funky and you're going, ugh, you know, not that. But if you think about it, it's true. It really is true. And in our business, marketing is not behind a computer. It's out talking to people, connecting to people, establishing relationships, because we all know that referral relationships are what bring the good jobs in. And the referral relationships come from honoring relationships and building them and connecting with people. Okay, so just a little aside there on the, on the not being busy enough. But meanwhile, I want to loop back into number two, the relationship between product and time at about 15%. So if you had a, a $50,000 budget, you could, you would go out, your, t you know, your time would be like a $7,500 would be your design fee. It, that's the balance. Or if you have a $500 product, then you've got to look at it's going, well, you know, I've got $75 worth of design time. Okay. Like that. Now, you know, one of the, one of my favorite stories about that was a, a designer that, that came to us and shared that, that they were almost finished with the job. They had one more piece to go. They had to, they wanted to put a wall sconce up in the, in, in the last, the last piece of this job to get it out the door was just a wall sconce for the hallway. All right. No big deal. Three or $400 product. No big deal. Gave it to, um, her intern, um, and said, Okay, assistant here, I need you to research this. Here's everything we did in this job. Find me three choices of light fixtures that could go in here and we'll choose one, we'll be done. Sounds like a good idea, right? She comes back the next day and finds out the intern spent eight hours looking at every single lighting catalog in the entire country. Okay, now she did come up with three decent choices. However, she spent eight hours doing it. So even at $30 an hour, which would be a, a nothing, that's $240 worth of time for a $350 product. You can't bill that. 
You can't. You, you know you wouldn't build that. That's what's happening. That's one of the reasons why you don't bill all your time when you're running hourly is you get into those situations. Now, the, the mistake for our designer was not telling the uh, assistant that she had 45 minutes to find that light fixture, not eight hours. Okay. And that corrected. I mean, that won't happen again, but, but it's a good illustration of what happens to us sometimes when we just get, go down chasing squirrels in every direction and get lost in this and end up spending way more time than what's equitable for the product that actually is coming out on the other side. So be aware of that piece because that, that kind of as a guideline can keep you in where you belong and keep you going in the right direction. Okay. Now, number three that I want to share with you is to set up a sales system, a funnel essentially that brings people into your practice and that you have a set way of doing it every time and you stay consistent with it. Okay. Number one, it starts with a lead coming in for a discovery call. Now those leads, somebody, you know, who wants to hire you and wants to talk to you, um, should not just show up on your cell phone and you pick it up and say, hello, and you're, you're pumping gas in your car, or you're picking up the kids, or you're in the middle of a CAD drawing, or, you know, you're not prepared. You're not going to do a particularly good job of that because you're on the wrong foot to start with. And as a business owner and a professional, you know, they're right on your cell phone in your lap. You, you give them too much access to start with, is what I'm saying. So a discovery call is always a freebie. It's never more than 20 minutes. Even if you really hit it off with this person, you want to shut it down. You want to make it a hard stop because you want them to want more of you, not to have so much of you that they're full and they don't think they need you anymore because you've fixed everything. Okay. So, so you want that 20 minute discovery call and you want to do it in a way where they need to set up a time. I mean, even if they call in and you end up taking the call, which is not the great way to do that, but, but you can say, I'd be glad to do that. Let's see. I've got time for a discovery call on Thursday at 10, or I could do it next Tuesday at one. Which one works better for you? Just like that. There is not an advantage to taking the call right now. There's not advantage to being instantly available because if you start that way, you're going to have to be that way through the whole job and it doesn't work that way. And you don't want to, you don't want to be that, <laughs> that available to your client. That's not, that's not the position you want to be in. All right. So you get them to book the call so that when that call is time for that call, you're ready. You're composed. You've thought about it. You're calm. <laughs> you have your, you're at your desk with your cup of tea and your notes about what you want to ask. All right. And you're in a much better place to do this. You have the ability to control that. You don't have to be at the whim of somebody just calling in out of the blue. So we do this discovery call. You oftentimes on those calls, people will be very abrupt and say, Hey, I just want to know what your, what your rate is and how, what's your markup, right? They think they know this business. They don't. They just want to compare you like a box of soap on a shelf. Don't let them. Okay. Say something like, Oh, I'd be happy to talk about that. Um, I don't actually work by the hour. I work on a fee basis based on the scope of your job. Um, and all of our purchasing is at retail. Now tell me more about your project. What are you, what are you thinking of doing? All right. I just flipped that right over. I answered it. I didn't give him the answer he was looking for. I'm not going to give him the answer he's looking for, but <laughs> I gave him the answer, right? Um, because you don't want to be compared. You know, you know, if somebody's comparing that, they'll choose somebody who has a lower hourly rate or something and, and it'll take them more time. So it's not, it's not anything, you know, that they can actually define. So 
you, you want to get into this discovery call and get them talking about their what, what they want, and keep going deeper and deeper. Keep asking more detail about what they're about because you're really looking for the, you're looking for the angst in this. Why is it a problem? What is, what really is the problem that needs to be solved? And what is the effect on the, that problem on them and their family or their business or whoever you're talking to? That's really what you want to do. And once you've gotten into that, then you want to make an offer for a working appointment. Here's how we get started. Okay. I do a working first appointment. It's $500. It's up to an hour and a half. We're going to take a look at what you're doing. And then you start reiterating what it is you could do to help them. Okay. Design wise in an hour and a half based on what they already told you. Okay. It is not programming. Let me tell you, say that again. It is not programming. Programming is how you start a design job after you're hired. You're not hired. <laughs> you're, you're trying to get a paid first appointment of which you're going to share information. Okay. So be careful that you don't get design process tangled up with a sales process because it's not the same thing. Even though it feels like it sometimes, it's not. Okay, you haven't been hired yet. You're not known, liked, and trusted yet. And once you get there, then things can change. So the idea is to come up with this first paid appointment. It is not ever one hour of time, okay, because it's a one-off and you have drive time and it interrupts your day. Okay, there's all those things. So you want it, and you want it to be costly enough that people value you. They value your opinion. Oh gosh, she's coming, you know, and, and this is what it costs. And, and you, I'm going to ask her this and this and this. I'm going to find out. That's the position you want to be in. Okay. Is, is somebody excited to listen to you and, and take what you're saying as important and valuable. Okay. You can't do it if you're free. You have to be paid in order to be in that position. It's a very important, a very important thing. So during that first appointment, you should be able to offer something of value, okay, <laughs> right? They get something out of it that's really important to them. You should be able to evaluate whether this is a job for you or not. Is that really that, <laughs> that simple? And if it isn't, you can say something like, you know, um, this, this is going to be a great project. I'm sure it's going to be really beautiful, but there really isn't room for me in this. And you're out the door, okay? You're paid. You're out the door, <laughs> That's it. You're not going to spend any more time on it. If what they're doing um, is worth making the offer to finish it, then you can make the offer for design services. You could do it right then and there. Okay. So rather than rather than going home and thinking about it, saying, "Well, I'll write a letter of agreement, go back," you make the offer right then and there. Okay. Now, one of the the important things about this paid first appointment is you've taught people to buy from you. Okay. That's important because we know that psychologically that if, if a client has bought from you before, they will continue to buy from you. So that's a good thing. You can take the cost of that appointment, that three, four, five hundred dollars, whatever it is, and offer it as an incentive on the larger design fee to do the whole thing. Um, for us, it makes absolutely no difference because we're essentially adding it on and then taking it off again. All right. It makes no difference at all. To them, it's like a five hundred dollar coupon, so to speak, to use towards this project. So it gives them more incentive to continue with you, right? So you've got a win-win all the way around. Now, this first appointment that's paid never has homework <laughs> for you. No homework, nothing that you're going to go back and research and send to them, not, nothing like that, okay? If you do that, you'll spoil it. If you do that, they have no reason to hire you because they're getting more. 
And then once they get more, you're not there anymore to close it and turn it into a real job. So you just, you, you kind of lose the whole thing. So no homework, no, no recap of everything we talked about. Don't over deliver. Just show up and talk. Okay. Tell her to get a yellow pad out and take notes. Okay. Start that way. Be really clear about that. Now, the next piece, number four piece about moving up market that I want to share with you is about having a minimum job um, fee, design fee, and a minimum job uh, product spend. Now, this is important thing to bear in mind. Um, it moves you up out of those little jobs and into where you want to be. Now, you might start some with something like a $5,000 design fee, which equates to a $40,000 spend. And after you've done that a while, you may move it up market. You may make it higher as you get used to it. But in reality, um, you can make that judgment at that first appointment. You could even say if you're in a, in a discovery call and you're not sure about the money thing with these people, it's not really, not maybe resonating so well. You can say something like very kindly and clearly, you can say, now let me tell you a little bit how we work. My studio does jobs that, that start with our design fee at $5,000. And that equates generally to a $40,000 product spend. And just throw it out there like that. If that's too much for them, they're going to go, oh, oh, you know what? Let me ask my husband <laughs> or something like that. Oh, I'll call you back. Right. So you gracefully got them to just back off. Okay. Which is really what you'd like. I don't want to, even though you get paid for a first appointment, you don't want to be a total waste. Okay. So by, by saying that up front in a very kind manner, not, not can you afford me, but this is what my company does. And you might say my company instead of me, just because it feels a little better. All right. And, and they will back off or they'll go, yeah, okay. Right. Well, you know, then you've, then you're in the right place. Okay. These little pieces that you put in in the very beginning to qualify people and, and set your bar where you want it to be is, are the basic footsteps, the beginning footsteps to moving yourself up market. Okay. Being able to be clear in this, being able to look clearly at a job and see if it made a profit or not and not say to me, Oh, I don't know my numbers. It, you know, if you don't know your numbers, you'll never get up market because you don't know what it is. Right? It will never happen. So, you know, get into this stuff and, and figure it out. Look at what you, you know, this is an important part of what you're doing. Okay. So, so having those minimum jobs is, is a very important part about this move up. And as you get comfortable, say with a $5,000 fee and a $40,000 product spend, and that seems to be working really well. Well, then you may push it to, to 7,500 or $10,000. You have $10,000 minimum and a $7,500,000 product spend. You just keep pushing it up as you go. High-end firms have, have much higher ones. Um, we have, we have designers in our, in our program who, whose minimum fees are up in the fifty, sixty thousand $60,000 range. And the spend is up, you know, 300, 400,000, something like that. You know, there are, there are clients in all of those ranges. And it's more about us getting square with our own money stories and letting go of it so that we can move up through this and serve these people. Okay. So just as a brief recap here, be intentional about what you want. Get clear. 
okay, on who the client is, what the problem is you solve, so that you know what the target is. You, you need to have something to aim for. Number two, be intentional and aware of what little jobs bring you or don't bring you and where your time wasters are. Get, get brutally honest with yourself about where that time's going. Track your time internally. Let's figure out what you're doing and where it disappears to, because you actually are, are responsible for that. You're, you can be in control of that pretty easily. And be able to learn to say no when you need to. It's not your job. It's not, it's not something that you can do and, and have a profit so that you can leave the space for these bigger things to come in. Three, it's set up the sales funnel. Okay. It's the, the funnel between the leads coming in, the discovery call, how you handle that and how you handle that first appointment. That can be a big game changer in itself, just right there. And then number four, what's your minimum? What's your new minimum design fee and what's your minimum product? Okay. This is what you're aiming for. This is what I do. This is what my business does. Okay. And once you get clear on those and can speak clearly about that, I think you're going to find that things start shifting. Things start shifting closer to what you're looking for and that the doors will start opening. So until then, design something beautiful and get paid what you're worth. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Interior Design Business Podcast. If you love what you're learning, head over to interiordesignbusinessacademy.com and book a clarity call. This is the perfect way to chat with one of our coaches about where you are in your business and what your next best step needs to be to make your design business profitable and enjoyable. As always, you can head over to interiordesignbusinessacademy.com to check out the links and resources from this episode. So until next week, Design something beautiful and get paid what you're worth.